Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com, and we have another amazing show lined up for you guys today with tons of stuff in it. But before I get to the rundown of what we're going to go over today, I do want to mention to you guys that we've got a new Patreon account. Go to patreon.com slash MMA, and by pledging a small monthly amount, you're going to get all kinds of cool stuff, including entry into contests for fighter autographs, including a Fedor autograph that will be given away at some point in time in the near future. Future. Plus, you're going to get a chance to ask fighters questions and hear bonus episodes from me and Shockwave Dave. So you're going to want to check all of that out. It's really cool new stuff. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about the episode now. So episode 151 is going to contain an interview with Danny Gay, UFC featherweight, on now on a two-fight win streak as he outlines his plan for 2019. Plus, it's got a special guest appearance from famed manager Ali Abdelaziz, who pops in to talk to us about his main man. Uh, and we're going to be counting down the top five fighters most likely to go from unranked to contender. And we'll be talking about the first card of the new year, UFC on ESPN Plus One in Brooklyn. We're going to talk about our three favorite matchups and what underdog we like from that card. Whew, it is a loaded show. You're going to want to listen to all of it because it is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. ADK Fightwear is a family-owned business from the Adirondack Mountains of New York that bring you high-quality BJJ and MMA gear at an affordable rate. I've got their Arm Bars and Stripes Rash Guard. It's a really nice rash guard. It looks like it's got the American flag on it, only it's got jiu-jitsu belts instead of the stripes of the flag. It's held up. It is held up incredibly. You buy this rash guard, which you can get at adkfightwear.com using promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase. You're going to get it for 20 bucks. And let me tell you, I've washed this thing 100 times, rolled in it just as many. The stitches are all intact. The colors still pop. Nothing's faded. Nothing's frayed. This thing is amazing. So check it out at adkfightwear.com while you're there. Also check out their geese. Uh, they've got some awesome spats and other cool gear as well. So make sure you check out their entire line. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Reeling with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dan Ige, UFC featherweight, who recently picked up a win over Jordan Griffin back in December and is now riding a two-fight win streak. So, Dan, first of all, it's been a little bit since we've, since we've seen you in there, about a month. Uh, how you feeling? Are yeah. you back to training and ready to get going soon? Well, first of all, thank you, Dan, for having me on here. Um, no, I'm feeling great. You know, my body, I went through a three-fight. Sorry. Sorry, I got people in the car. <laughs> I went through a three-round war, and uh, and um, that was a good fight. I, but I, I came out, I didn't have any injuries. So uh, I'm definitely ready to, you know, keep the ball rolling for 2019. I'm feeling good. Absolutely. And it's it's a really exciting time, too, because obviously it's a packed division. But do you got a name on the tip of your tongue you're looking for, or are you just looking to get busy again? Uh, no, to be honest, I just want to go out there and, you know, I want to climb the, climb the ladder humbly. I want to, you know, I know a lot of guys take shortcuts to try to get to the top, call out top 15 guys, but... You know what I want? I just got a new contract with the UFC. I'm happy. I want to keep going in there, keep getting keep getting those W's, and uh, you know, eventually work my way up to the top 15, top five, and work my way to the top. So that's what, that's my plan. So that's certainly an an exciting time too to to just be getting a new contract with the UFC. 
you know, obviously without giving too much away about the deal, is is it a longer term deal? How how many fights are we talking here? No, I just signed another four fights. Um, so yeah, you know, we'll see. I want to try to at least fight three times this year, and I'll get another new contract before the end of the year. Well, that is certainly an exciting so, time. Now, yeah. I, I do did want to talk to you about your your other job because I think a lot of people are not quite familiar, but but you are also in addition to being represented. Uh, by Ali and Dominance Sports Management. You're, you're also an employee there, correct? Uh, that's correct, but I'm actually so I'm represented by Sucker Punch Entertainment by Brian Butler, but I, I work with Dominance MMA. <laughs> oh. So uh, we're, uh, we have mutual respect for each other. Actually, Ali introduced me to Brian uh, early in my career, and, you know, Brian's amazing. You know, he he's helped me all the way along the way till today, and um, but yeah, I work as an employee with Dominance MMA, and so, you know, I kind of understand, learn the business side of things, and uh, I'm just trying to be successful for after fighting. You know, I see a lot of fighters, they, they go through the whole career, and then after fighting, they have nothing. So I'm just trying to set myself up, you know, eventually after fighting, I can have something to fall back on. And, you know, I if I... Honestly, if I wanted to, I could just manage guys right now, but I love fighting. You know, I love being in the sport. I love competing. And uh, so my 100% focus is on fighting right now. I know people ask me, like, oh, do I, you know, do I, why don't I just manage guys full time? Because, like, that's just how I'm getting by, man. That's how, I, how I've gotten by, you know, a majority of my professional career. But, you know, I've I've learned so much about the business and, I could make a career out of it. So, but right now my main priority and focus is fighting 100%. So I, I do need to ask one more quick question about that. Cause it, that, that's really interesting. H- how did you go from being represented by sucker punch to working for dominance? Uh, you know, like I, I sort of assumed that the, the, the progression was that you were represented and you just started working for him. So how did it wind up that you, found a job at a different place than where you were currently being represented no it was actually the other way around so i i started working with ali i had no representation at the time i think i was two and one as a pro um early in my pro career right when i moved to vegas yeah i actually met ali in the gym uh through one of my training partners brad Tavares. he's a you know noticeable name in the ufc but ali manages brad and then at the time we just uh you know, we had dinner, and then he needed a guy to help him out because his company was, like, growing pretty rapidly, and now it's probably one of the biggest companies in the world, and, you know, I've been I've been with him all the whole way, so it's been <laughs> – actually, not the whole way. You know, he's been, he's been managing guys for probably 10 years now, but at least three years. I've been with him for a solid three years, but the company is just blowing up. It's crazy, you know, so, so that's a lot of work, but, uh, you know, I love doing it. Absolutely. So I do want to get back to talking about fighting because I know that that's obviously your number one passion. But one more question about managing fighters on, on a day to day. What is your your interaction with fighters? Are, are you constantly in touch with your guys? Are there a lot of guys that you're particularly in charge of? Sort of what does it look like as Dan Ige, the manager day to day? So my day to day, you know, I, I, I get my training in as a professional, usually two times a day, one to two times a day, depending on the on the day and the intensity but um as a manager you know yes of course uh, we we um uh, i focus on the entire roster um 
you know, I, I, I'm always looking every, every morning, like who needs fights, uh, who has a fight, you know, who has a fight coming up. We, we have a whole team, like uh, a process, you know, we have someone that handles flights, medicals, paperwork. Um, I'm just kind of the people guy. So I always, I just kind of make sure everyone, you know, has everything they need leading up to a fight or it's fight week. You know, we make sure our guys are taken care of, um, whether that's food or they need help cutting weight. We're kind of the do it all. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, being in the business and I don't know, like, I, I feel like a lot of the USC employees like me because I'm super easy to work with because I go through every single person's fight week. So when it's my turn to do fight week, it's like, I'm the easiest guy to work with because <laughs> I've done it so many times and, you know, it's, it's, you know, not too stressful. <laughs> Absolutely. So let, let's get back to talking about fighting. Cause uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of rumors about the UFC possibly going to Hawaii. Definitely with uh, Max Holloway as sort of the, the head name there. I know you were born in Hawaii. Uh, how interested are you to get the UFC to Hawaii? How, how much would you be inching to be on a card there? Oh yeah, that that's my dream. I mean, I've I fought in, in Hawaii my whole amateur career, and then I fought there two times as a pro. But to fight in the UFC in Hawaii would be an absolute dream for me. You know, a dream come true to you know a small town kid who who grew up um, you know Hollywood. I'm one of the first from my town actually uh, to well, actually a majority of the UFC fighters are all from Hawaii, and uh, I I came from Hollywood, the north side of the island, but you know, I grew up, uh, you know, in a surfer town. So it's not, you know, not a lot of guys really grew up fighting and whatnot, but I, I wanted to do something different. And, uh, you know, I, I took the fighting route and to make it to the UFC, that was a big accomplishment for me. So, you know, I'm super stoked on that. And it would be a dream come true to... Sorry, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. From Flow Combat. Hey, Dan, how are you? I have a special guest, Dan. Dan. Hey, hi. Dan, how are you, Thali? Hi, Ali. How are you? What's up, buddy? How you doing? We're on the air. Come on, man. Listen, I'm just letting you know that. I'm going to tell you something. People are sleeping on my boy, Dan. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, you know, I spar with this boy sometimes. I never been hit this hard. I never been wrestled this hard. And this boy, he fights in training like he's done playing life. He's a dangerous dude. And a lot of people out there, they need to start giving respect because he's coming. For all the top 10, top 15, regardless, his game, you fight anybody. I'm just telling you that, and I'm wrecking. Well, well you, guys <laughs> nice heard, to meet you. you guys heard it right there from the man himself, Ali Abdelaziz, with the, the guest appearance on, on Top Turtle today. Thanks for the guest appearance, Ali. And, and I'm telling you something, man. Sometimes I have to be nice to him at work because when I go sparring, he let it all out on me, But and we go at it. And, you know, I'm 41 years old. And, you know, I can't fight. I used to fight. But at the end of the day, that's the great kid. He's smart. He's a, he's the right wing man for Dominic MMA. And he's still, he's going to be one of the best fighters in the world today. I promise you that. That's definitely a glowing recommendation. Hey, you know what's so funny? Dan have haters now. <laughs> I know I have a lot of haters. That's not have haters. But it's all good. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, there there it is from the man himself. Nobody's selling you better than that. You you definitely can't get a better endorsement than that. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know, Ali's not just a manager. He's a he's a promoter. He promotes his guys. And, you know, he's a he's a truth talker. He's telling the truth. So, 
You heard it. <laughs> yeah, you heard it right there. So, uh, you know, I, I am going to touch one more time about Hawaii because I do want to get back to it. Not that I didn't love that uh, interruption. Uh, but Bellator recently went to Hawaii. Uh, I was wondering, it, it seemed like a big show there. It was There were some really great production points. Did you get a chance to catch it either live or on TV? And what did you think of it? Uh, I didn't actually get to catch it live because I fought on the same day, but I, you know, I thought I thought they they put on a really great event. Um, Bellator, you know, it's a it's a big promotion, and for them to come to Hawaii, you know, they had a successful show. So I just hope the UFC could follow along in their steps. And to be honest, the Blaze, you know, I fought there maybe maybe eight times, and uh, it's I've never seen a pack like that. So it was pretty awesome to see it, you know, sold out and. I definitely think the UFC could do a big show there. Absolutely. So I'm going to end it here with a, a little bit of a uh, sort of a prediction. Obviously, without a big fight coming up, hard to do a prediction. But Ali just said that the top 15 and top 10 are going to be scared. For for your prediction for how you uh, wind up 2019, are we going to see you in the rankings? Are you expected to make the jump that quick? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm growing every day. Uh, my goal is to fight at least three times this year. Go 3-0. Uh, I'm busting to the top 15 rankings. That's my goal. You know, I don't have any specific guys in mind, but whoever's going to get me there, and uh, you know, I'm going to take them all out. It doesn't it doesn't matter? Like Ali said, if whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to fight them. I've never I've never turned down a fight, and uh, and I always come ready. So. All right. Well, you heard it there from the man Dan Ige, as well as his uh, right hand man Ali Abdelaziz. Thank you again so much for the time, Dan. We really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it, Dan. Take care, man. You too. And that interview with Dan Ige featuring Ali Abdelaziz is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Look, Sheath Underwear is the only underwear out there that allows you to be supported and comfortable at the same time. It's no doubt that briefs crush your downstairs mix-up and boxers are just too floppy for exercising. So if you're a guy and you exercise, you need to check out sheathunderwear.com because they've got an innovative front pocket that keeps you supported while promoting airflow so that your guys don't get overheated or crushed and stay supported. Plus, if you do sweat, which let's be honest, you're probably going to sweat because you're exercising and doing all kinds of stuff, they've got you covered there too. They've got antimicrobial material that is moisture wicking to make sure that if you do get sweaty down there, that you stay fresh as can be. So make sure you head to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code FLOW, that's F-L-O, for 20% off your order. I, of course, am Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined today, as always, by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonti. Dave, what'd you think of our guest appearance? I love when our interviews go a little off script. <laughs> Maybe we get, you know, a guest appearance. Sometimes we've had guys being on their cell phone get pulled over by the cops for uh, <laughs> talking on, on their cell phone ticket. Uh, but yeah, Ali, man, wow, he is a great hype man. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the hype he did there for, for Danny Gay. Danny Gay, 2-1 in the UFC, on a two-fight win streak. I love him as a prospect at featherweight, but you know, like he made me feel like I was like ready to give him a title shot tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I was right there with you. I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, speaking of title shots, it plays so well into our theme of the episode uh in celebration really of the way fighters can move up the rankings in modern ufc it's you know i know the rankings haven't been around a long time but 
even when there weren't rankings, you know, to see this kind of movement is pretty crazy. Last year, uh, Volkan Ozdemir started the year uh, challenging for the 205 title against Daniel Cormier in January. Uh, so that was early in 2018. Well, guess what? He started 2017 unranked. And now, history repeating itself, Anthony Smith is going to challenge John Jones for the title in March, the 205 title that is, and he was unranked at the beginning of 2018. So we started thinking to ourselves, okay, who has the best chance of being unranked right now as we're talking, taping this episode in January, the beginning of the year, 2019, to challenge for a title in 2020? So we had to rank it. Uh, we threw the question out there on our Twitter feed, at Top Turtle MMA. Follow us if you're not already doing so. Uh, Gumby, are you ready for this combat countdown of the top five unranked potential future 2020 contenders? I am. All right. Uh, we will start then with number five. Uh, it is Ian the Hammer, the Hurricane Heinish. Yeah, so I love Ian Heinish because if you look at his career, he's got some damn impressive wins on there. The guy is 12-1 uh, and one at middleweight. Middleweight a division that, you know, a good timely win could definitely bust him into the rankings. He had an absolutely devastating win on Dana White's Contender Series. He looked amazing against Cesar Fajera in his UFC debut. I'm super impressed with just the power and the strength he has. And he's also one of those guys who isn't afraid to take a short notice bout. So you might find him being the type of person who steps in against somebody like, I don't know, Elias Theodoru or steps in against somebody like Eric Anders on short notice. And I think he could beat some of those guys. So you could see him catapult up the rankings pretty quick. It's probably a long shot to be uh, a title challenger in 2020, but he's definitely got the possibility. Uh, yeah. And I like, I like him uh, just especially because middleweight, not the, you know, deepest of divisions right now. I think that division has seen better times. So I, I like him as a pick. We'll move to number four. I am super hyped on this prospect. He's two and zero in the UFC uh, with two finishes, a guillotine and a triangle choke. And as uncle Henzo always says, jujitsu never leave home without it. And this guy certainly doesn't at 13 and O in his pro career with 10 submission wins. I'm talking about Manny, the Bermudez triangle Bermudez. Yeah. Manny Bermudez, just an absolutely crazy career. He's 13 and O and you're right. You, you mentioned all of those incredible submission wins on his record, but let's talk about the fact that there there's a half dozen of those 13 wins are by triangle choke. He's won by triangle choke six times in his career and he's done it to some damn good jujitsu players too. I mean, he triangle choked Davy Grant who does is no slouch when it comes to jujitsu. So this is a guy who not only wins, but he wins fast. He wins by submission and he wins off of his back. And I think too, that the fact that his top game is probably a little underrated. I mean, some, some of those triangles are actually from the top and from Mount, but his top game is a little bit underrated. And I think you're going to see, even as he moves up into the higher ranked Bantamweights, he's going to make waves. It's a thick division, which is probably why he's at number four instead of at number two or three or one. But I think he could definitely make that jump. 
Well, speaking of making a jump, we'll jump from 135 pounds all the way up to 205. And maybe he's not as prospecty as some of the other names on our list. Uh, it's Ian Kutaleba up at 205. Yeah, and it's funny, too, that you say that he's not as prospecty, right? Because he feels like he's been in the UFC for a really long time. He had that short suspension for a while. Uh, he, I, I believe he's fought, let, let me, just a quick check to the intern here. He's fought five times in the UFC, so he doesn't feel real prospect. Only 25 years old he's fought five times, and he just turned 25 years old. So he's a month older than 25 years old, and the reason I love him on this list is he is stepping in next week to fight Glover Teixeira, and, and he's going in as a favorite. I like him as a favorite. He wins that fight. You have to imagine he's probably a top 10 light heavyweight. And, I mean, at, in a division that we pointed out, not a lot of contenders out there, uh, you know, pushing John Jones, he could be the one to jump at 205, a division where it's already happened twice. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you. The age is good. It's on his side, 25, and a, at a heavier weight where guys can perform a little later in their career. Uh being three and two, he has probably the worst record of anyone on our list. But I think he's made some adjustments, and now the win streak is going to come. I would assume. Uh, time will tell. But we do like him. We're very high on him. Speaking of other people we're high on, it's Corey Sanhagen all the way at number two for us. The 145-pounders, 2-0 and o in the UFC. What do you make of Corey Sandhagen? Yeah, I have been big on Corey Sandhagen since before he was in the UFC. We had him on the show. I was super excited to have him on the show. I think that Corey Sandhagen has got probably one of the more impressive uh, resumes out there. When you look at the people who he's beat outside of the UFC, I mean, he beat um, s some really, really good local guys while he was fighting in RFA. He did eventually make it, well, it became LFA after a while. So he, he picked up a couple of wins in LFA. And since going to the UFC, he has won by two pretty brutal TKOs. And the UFC has taken notice. This dude is fighting John Lineker this weekend, or this month coming up at 135. And he's only a slight underdog at like plus 145. And, and for good reason. He's long. He's going to be difficult for John Lineker. And should he be John Lineker, he is going to catapult up those rankings as well. All right, it's time for number one, and I feel like sometimes with these combat countdowns, we get into number one, number two, and there's there's kind of a huge jump, uh, you know, from the rest of the list. And I, I semi feel that way about our number one. Uh, I feel like I don't know if I had to go to Vegas and make a bet on any of these guys, this is where my money would lie, and this is why he's number one. Now he is 15 and three in his pro career, so he does have three losses: two by KO, one by submission. But those were a few years ago. It was down in Brazil as he was still coming up, still developing. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about not the whiskey. We're talking about the fighter, Johnny Walker, who's 1-0 in the UFC. What do you make of him? Ah, uh, Johnny Walker. I'm, such, I'm so hyped on this prospect. First of all, too, you're, you're right. He does have three losses on the regional level. Two of those guys who beat him went on to fight in the UFC. So, I mean, like, they, they are regional losses, but at the same time, they're to high-caliber competition. This guy has got incredible power, but what hypes me the most for him at 205 is, other than the fact that he's only 26 years old, what hypes me the most for this guy at 205 is his build. 
He is so long for a guy fighting in that division. He's got really long arms. The dude is fucking six foot five. Okay, he is a monster at this division. He's difficult stylistically for people. He's a bully. He's got tons of power. Uh, and uh, as we've talked about before, probably the most shallow division in MMA. So I, I just think that as far as people go for here, if you are not hyped on Johnny Walker, just go watch him knock out Khalil Roundtree again. Yeah, that was so impressive. And, uh, you know, to do it to Khalil Roundtree, that is not an easy walk in the park. And I'm not just making that a pun because tree is in his last name. I really feel that way. So hit us up on the Twitter at Top Turtle MMA if you liked our list. If you hated our list, we want to hear about it. We're accepting both love and hate feedback right now at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. Gumby, that wraps up uh, this week's Combat Countdown, our top five unranked potential contenders. Uh, we have a pretty big show this weekend coming up, though, UFC Brooklyn. So. I want you to give our fans the UFC Brooklyn breakdown, but I ask you, is it brought to the fans by any fine company? Well, of course it is brought to the great fans by someone. Our UFC on ESPN Plus One breakdown from Brooklyn is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Sisu is the only mouthguard on the market that allows you to talk, breathe, and drink all with the mouth guard up in your mouth. It's got little perforations in it that allow airflow in, but still fit your chompers and protect them in a way that no other mouth guard does. Head to sisuguard.com to check out what they've got for you. So we're going to break down our three favorite fights from this UFC on ESPN plus one whew, mouthful breakdown. Uh, to start, let's start with the main event. I'm actually going with the underdog here, Henry Cejudo at plus 180 over TJ Dillashaw betting off at some places as high as negative 210. The reason I like Cejudo is I think his speed was pretty damn impressive against Mighty Mouse. You know, some people argue he maybe didn't win that fight, but I do think regardless, you have to respect the wrestling and respect the speed. And, you know, obviously the strength advantage is probably there knowing that Dillashaw is dropping down from a weight where he was much bigger and now is going to have to be a little bit less muscular than he has in the past. I'm interested to see what it will do to Dillashaw's gas tank. Um, whereas Cejudo, we know, has a good gas tank there. So I'm going with the known value here in, in Cejudo and at almost 2-1, to one, it's a steal. I'm also going with Paige Van Zandt over Rachel Ostevich. I know a lot of people are really high on Rachel Ostevich in this fight as an underdog, but Paige Van Zandt has sort of underrated takedowns. People forget how many takedowns she scored early in her UFC career before she ran into the buzzsaws that were, you know, Rose Namajunas and Michelle Waterson. I think she's much more talented than Ostevich here. I think she's going to get a couple of takedowns, and I think she'll stay safe from the top. And at negative 155, it's also a pretty good value to Rachel Ostevich's plus 135. And then lastly, this is a hard pick for me, but I am going to go with Cowboy Cerrone over Anthony Hernandez. Cowboy Cerrone at a plus 165 underdog to Hernandez at negative 190. Uh, I like... Cerrone here to weather the storm. Hernandez is a guy who comes out very strong, very fast, and Cerrone is a very durable guy. So it would be interesting to see if he can get Cerrone out fast, but if he can't, I expect Cerrone to be able to pick up steam in the second and maybe pick up a, a late third round stoppage. So once again, our picks for this card in Brooklyn are Cejudo over Dillashaw, Van Zandt over Ostevich, and Cerrone over Hernandez. And this is going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA. We want to start by thanking our sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sisu Mouthguards, and Sheath Underwear. We also want to thank our mothership, Flow Combat, for having us on each and every week. 
Don't forget to follow our Twitter account at Top Turtle MMA. We got lots of fun games, contests, and other giveaways. So you're going to want to make sure you check that out. Also, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash MMA. We're going to be doing some really cool things in the future on there. So you're going to want to check that out and subscribe. Also, thank you to the fans for listening in each and every week. We would not have this show without you. I am Daniel Gumby-Vreeland. He was Shockwave Dave Tremonti. And you can catch us next week.